Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. We want to know more about us. I would encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. There you can find out a statement of faith. A prayer list is there for those who have emailed us and asked that for prayers from other listeners. And I would encourage you, if you're a prayer warrior, to go to the webpage and do that. You can also find links to our uh, social media accounts. We have a couple, one on LinkedIn and one on Twitter. And we're just kind of getting going with Twitter. And so if you're on Twitter and would like to follow us, uh, we would encourage you to do that. Also, you can email us with your questions, and we will do our best to try to answer them at biblicalquestion.com all lowercase, all one word, at juno.com. Or you may email us through the webpage while you're there searching things out. Today we're going to continue to look at the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And I want to read for you a scripture reading. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. Uh, Open your Bible to Revelation chapter 2. And then turn over with me to John chapter 15, starting in verse... 18. If the world hates you, this is Jesus talking, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world loves its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my namesake, because they do not know the one who sent me. Again, and we're going to continue our our look at the seven churches of the book of Revelation. This is who uh, was the initial target of this letter, was the seven churches. And a major, uh, excuse me, Asia Minor, modern modern day Turkey. And you know, for those who don't believe it was written uh, to those churches, it was written for us to, in this time of age. Well, you have never read the book. Can there be dual applications? Uh, of course, but we're not going to discuss those in, in this series. And so today we're going to give this title, Encouraged to Remain Faithful. And we're going to be mainly in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Again, the Apostle John was instructed to to write down a message to each of the seven churches. And I want to give you just a brief history of of this church that we're going to talk about. Uh, Smyrna is the center of emperor worship in Roman uh, culture at this time. And it was not uncommon for the emperor worship in the Roman Empire. Most emperors wanted it to show a a political uh, loyalty or allegiance to him. To most Romans, worshiping many false gods along with uh, the emperor may have never bothered them. It might have been just the way uh, it was in the day. It was just the way life was. It was how you did business and so on. And if you wanted to buy something in the market on a certain day, you would have to, to show the market 
owner that uh, you had been to the emperor's temple to worship. And if you did not have this mark from the temple to prove that you'd done your Roman duty, it was against the law for the market to sell you any goods. Now think about what I just said there about this mark, okay? Um, I said I wasn't going to go too far into it. We, you know, the mark of the beast is, is often discussed out of the this book of Revelation. And many people refer to Rome as the beast. But it was very clear. If you go do your research, and you can Google it, you can find it. You had to have a, a mark. And the mark changed every day. There was a different mark that you got uh, on your hand or whatever they marked to prove that you had done this. Okay, and so the city is also known for a very large Jewish influence. And this influence would be uh, militant in nature. And it would have been strongly against Christianity. Because there were many people who were leaving the Jewish faith uh, for Christ or Christianity. And the loss of political power or the loss of being able to control uh, your Jewish followers uh, would not have been accepted again very well by the Jewish leaders. And I don't really believe that Rome uh, didn't have much love for the Jewish religion either. That's a whole other topic. But, uh, there's always this, been this uh, tension between Israel, people of Israel, and, and Rome and its culture. And you, you can read Josephus, and boy, that really comes out in his writings. The Jewish people were always calling, causing, excuse me, causing troubles for Roman governors, having the, the, the shrines of their false gods within uh, Judea itself. And there would be a big uproar to keep the false gods out of the city of Jerusalem. Again, the, the historian Josephus talks about uh, how in order to keep peace in Jerusalem, uh, Pilate uh, came to an agreement with the Jews to keep Roman gods out of the city, and such an agreement uh, would have caused Pilate many problems with his superiors back in Rome. And so there's a lot of politics and religion floating around, and like Solomon, he wrote in his, in his uh, writings, there's nothing new under the sun. Okay, we have the same issues going on today, just different names perhaps. But we have this uh, constant battle between Christianity and the world and the influence it's supposed to have or not to have in the government and so on. I mean, like this coexist idea, you know. Well, if you're really a Christian and you understand what Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, we have to obey God rather than men. Uh, Jesus in the I Am statements, He is the only way to heaven and that is in direct conflict uh, with the society and the belief system around the world today. And even in the United States, we, we have that problem. So the Jewish people could very easily attack Christianity, since Rome really did not recognize at this time uh, Christianity as a religion. If you want to divert attention from yourself, the easiest thing to do is to find somebody else for the government to look at. And you have the government look at that other person, and hard times are coming uh, for these people that we're about to read about, that Jesus is going to tell them and warn them about. So Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, is the thrust of the, the podcast. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The first and the last, 
who was dead and has come to life, says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but they are in the synagogue of Satan. As in the previous letter in the salutation here, it starts off to the angel of the church. The person who is dictating this letter identifies himself to John as Christ himself. Everyone in the church then, as well as the body of Christ today, should be able to come to the same conclusion, that this is strictly from Jesus. Tribulation, it's not just a, a headache. It's a really, it's an inconvenience. And it's not that. It's downright pressure. It is a continuing grinding pressure in which most of us in the Western Hemisphere have never experienced. Uh, we might someday, but not today. We have listeners from around the world who uh, can testify about this uh, tribulation, this persecution, uh, in the continual grinding pressure that they have to go through to believe in Christ and to worship. On top of this, they're just downright dirt poor. Some, my grandmother used to say, poor as a church mouse. They're, they really don't have a, a lot of finances to their name. On one hand, they're living under Roman pressure to worship as a Roman uh, would be expected. A Roman citizen was expected to do so, as we talked about earlier. And then on the other hand, they're being pressured to worship as the Jewish people think they should be worshiping. And the Jews, they're, they're, they're going to slander their name. They think they're being good Jews for that. They believe they're doing what's right in God's eyes. But Christ here says very differently. It is even doubtful that they would even know uh, who Abraham was if you walked in front of them and said, Hey, I'm Abraham. You know, if you recall, Jesus has this conversation with the Jews over Abraham in John chapter 8. And Jesus there, he will criticize them and denies their relationship with Abraham. So proud the Jews were of their synagogues and their teachings. But somehow they forgot God allowed Satan to enter into them. And yes, you heard me say that correctly. So can, can the church today fall into the same trap as these synagogues? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, if we were to walk away from the truth of the gospel message, if we don't keep Christ in church, take one guess who's going to take over. The evil one. He is always looking for opportunities to distort the truth. And he doesn't have to distort it very far for people to bite into it. He's always looking for a way to divide and conquer the church again, even today. Paul, in his letter to the, to the Romans, will talk about Jews were not really always Jews. And you can find this in Romans chapter 2, verses 28-29. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor a circumcision, that which is outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which, of, which the, is of the heart by the Spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. You see, we, we really need to take the steps necessary at all costs to maintain the truth of the gospel. And it's so easy to, 
to get off track. His laws we need to know. We need to read the Bible for ourselves and we need to understand it. Ask God to help you understand it. And we have to keep God in the forefront of our lives. He has to be, our lives have to be God-centered. They have to be biblically centered. I don't know about you as a listener, but I would be devastated if, if Christ w would say, you know what, preacher, uh, you're preaching for the church of Satan. I mean, wow, what, how Peter must have felt when, when Jesus told him, uh, you know, he rebukes him, says, that's Satan speaking to you, through you, when Peter's telling him, oh, let's not go to the cross, let's not go to Jerusalem. And so, get behind me, Satan, is the exact words that Jesus would use. I, I, I don't know how Peter felt, I can only imagine. And that's a feeling I, I never want to feel. Back to the Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 10. Do you not fear what you're about to suffer? Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, so that you will be tested, and you will have a tribulation for ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. There are, there may be no condemnation here by Christ, but however, he does have a warning for them. And that warning is, be faithful until death. And that's the same warning that we need to heed in our lives. We need to be faithful unto death. We, we we just really struggle with that. I, I know all people struggle with that. Can it can it really be God will allow his people to suffer? And, and the church's case here is there's going to be an increase of suffering, and it's on the way. They're about to join the list of faithful martyrs. They're going to be thrown into prison and just plain old hardships for ten days. Now, that can be interpreted a couple of ways. Before I, I get into two possibilities, let me say this. Again, the book of Revelation seems to be happy hunting ground to prove whatever it is that you're wanting to believe in your doctrine or your theories. This is a book I've read and studied for years now, and I, I have, and I would have to guess, I have over 200 pages of my own personal notes. Still, there are areas I struggle over. It was clearly written to the church in the first century. If it was not, everything that John wrote down and they read, I mean, they, they understood it that it was for them. If it wouldn't have been for them, they would have said, well, wrong address, and they would throw it in the trash can, and you and I would never have this book. Now, 10 days could mean a very short time frame versus 1,000 years, which to me would be a long time, or perhaps even forever. In the Old Testament, there are some famous men who tried, who were tried ten times. And here's an example. In Genesis chapter 31, verse 7, Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to hurt me. Now this is Jacob here uh, that we're talking about, and he was tried ten times. 
Job was tried ten times by his friends. So ten days could be just a simple expression of a trial period. Verse 10 again. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, so that you will be tested, and you will have tribulation for ten days. Again, here's the important part. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. You see, listeners, no matter how bad things get, Christ has made a promise to them, and he's made a promise to us. Upon being faithful, even at the cost of your own life, you will get a crown of life. Again, so we too need to be faithful until death. I've often wondered, since uh, we're not being persecuted as heavily as other parts of the world today are, does this cause the church to drift away from the truth? And I'm not asking for persecution on me or anyone listening or fellow brethren in Christ. The truth of the matter is that we live and we are teaching and practicing the truth. Persecution will come. And it may not be we're going to be whipped or hung from the nearest tree. I mean, that's always possible. But the evil one, he does not take lightly anyone who speaks and acts for God. I mean, you talk about a, a true enemy. In Matthew chapter 5, again, here's the Sermon on the Mount and, and Jesus talking in verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, we don't always look at being called names when it comes to our, our beliefs in terms like a uh, Bible thumper or a fanatic or one of those churchgoers. We, we don't always stop and thank God for, for the persecution. And that really is persecution. Now, it might be really light uh, forms of it. Some people might take a more personal uh, verbal assaults to that. Uh, other people would say, oh, whatever, and walk away. But rejoice. I mean, that's what Jesus says. Rejoice. I mean, what is that? Again, we don't always seem to be joyful in the times when we're not persecuted. I think... I've observed and I've made comments over the years in local congregation. We should be the happiest people on the globe. We are safe. God sent his son. Uh, Jesus died and bled for us so that we could go to heaven. There's an empty tomb. We need to be happy. We need to be just rejoicing. And then when these people attack us for our beliefs, uh, Jesus said there's a great reward waiting for us. And I would like to think we would look at and bring in the same class as the prophets. I mean, what an honorable thing that Jesus would say. You're, you know what? Just like the prophets before you, you're going to be just like them. I mean, what an honorable thing. I, I challenge you sometime this week, go and read the book of Jeremiah. If you think that you have it bad over a name calling, you need to think again. I don't know anyone, again, here in the United States has been throwing in prison over speaking about God's message. Now, there's more churches being forced to be closed 
uh, there's one in Los Angeles, California. They lease a parking lot from the city uh, during the times that they're open. Well, because of COVID and they re they refuse to close their doors, the city rejects their their lease to the parking lot. So nobody can go to church and worship because the parking lot is closed. And that's just one example. I, I know some people who have actually lost business deals and, and one man who lost his job because of what he believed. A, a family member might disown you. And I've known that for many people. You know, in the scope of things, this seems pretty small over the ch what the church and the, and the second letter is about to go through. Again, here in verse 11, here's Jesus talking. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. You know, even though this letter was written to a certain church, again, I believe all the seven churches of Revelation are really kind of timeless. But it, it, this letter it definitely applies to all churches. It, it, it applies to all of us. Because this is the promise to all who overcome and remain faithful. No matter where you live on the globe, uh, no matter where uh, you work or the one who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. And this should be a promise that we all should be thankful for. You see, the second death is far worse than the first death. The second death being the death of your soul. In the same book here, chapter 20, verse 6, says this, Blessed and holy is the one who has part of the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Each one of us, including myself, we all need to examine our lives. And we need to ask ourselves the questions. Would we stand safely so that the second death has no power over us? This is eternal life, what we're really talking about here, listeners. There is nothing more important. There's nothing more critical than where we will be for all eternity. And it's not easy for us to totally grasp this concept on this side of the grave. I mean, currently, we're, we're, we're tied to a world that is bound by time. We all can relate to one hour or ten years, but we have never experienced eternity. We should know enough to understand the importance of the message from Christ is vitally important to everyone who reads this letter. We should be spending this lifetime preparing ourselves for eternity, listening to what the Spirit has to say. This is not out of line for one who calls himself a Christian. All we have to do is open our Bibles and listen, and, and the Spirit of God will talk to you. His words are His words. And I would encourage you to really understand the Bible 
more and more every, each and every day. You know, I, I, I've been studying the Bible for many, many years and gone to schools and classes and sat in many gospel meetings and revivals and so on and so forth. And I'm always learning more about God. More about His Word and His expectations. The more you read and study, the more... It, it, the Bible is like a mirror. It reflects back to you your, your sinful ways and God's righteousness, His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy, His compassion, and yes, His wrath against those who do not repent and, and follow the gospel call. We all... We all need to have a deeper understanding of the Bible. I know you can go to our webpage and you can click on the front page there. You can click on the little Bible verse that's there and you can take it to you and you can listen to the Bible for free. You can even choose which version. I, I know there's a lot of people have certain versions that uh, they really believe that are the right ones and the rest of them are not. And that you can listen to whatever version. In fact, I believe there's even some there um, on that list of other languages besides the English English language. And so... I'd encourage you to, to do whatever it takes to, to feed your soul more and more with the Word of God. We need you to always be in prayer. And we, I always am in prayer for my listeners, for the church that's persecuted, and for those people on our prayer list. And our prayer list is posted on, on our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase. There's no S on the end. It's just biblical question. I got it. Some people were trying to find the webpage here the other day when we were at the mall and we were talking about it. So I encourage you again. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week we're, we're going to continue this discussion of the seven churches in Revelation. And we're going to uh, have the title for that next week is going to be Guilty and Warned. warned. Guilty and Warned. And that will be Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. So if you want to read ahead a little bit, that'd be great. If you've come in in the middle of these podcasts, uh, you've missed a couple of the uh, seven churches, go back and, and on our webpage and, and look for them and, and download them. I think you would be encouraged if you did that. Again, I thank the, the supporters that we have through prayer and financially as well that help us and encourage us to stay out once a week. Uh, to bring you this podcast. Again, thank you. May God bless you. And may He have the glory.